Hey kids, welcome to the Needle Jig Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 1 with Mike Chambers. My name is Mark Lascarbo and I'm the owner of Needle Jig. You can often find me recording live on YouTube on most Mondays. These podcasts are going to be the audio versions of many of those videos. We produce these shows for tattooers, apprenticing tattooers, people that have a serious interest in tattooing but are going to fulfill some sort of an apprenticeship or proper training program. This is not put out there for those that just want to beat their buddies up on the weekends in their kitchen. You're really going to love this talk with Mike Chambers. I put him first on this list because I've known him for a very long time. And to be honest, he's one of my favorite people within this business. He's been tattooing for quite a while. This man has lived like most people have not, full of experiences and expertise. I'd like to take a second to thank all the amazing Needle Jig clients throughout the years. We truly love you. Please leave your comments in the podcast reviews and send anything else to us at cs at needlejig.com. So now let's talk tattoo with Mike Chambers. So you all want to uh, uh, see and hear from Mr. Mike Chambers, a talented man that I have had the honor of knowing for many years, a great deal of respect for him. He is honestly one of the kindest and most generous people I know in the business. And I don't say that because he's right here. Uh, The man has a heart of gold. Uh, His big passion is uh, recovery. And, uh, and he does an awful lot in that, in that area. So, uh, great admiration for that, uh, beyond his artistic skills and all that fun stuff. But, uh, yeah, good man, solid artist. And, uh, and I'm sure he has a lot to share with us today. So, uh, well, Mike, how you doing, brother? It's good to see your face. It's been a while. Uh, I'm doing great, man. Um, first off, thanks for having me on. It's uh, a big honor. I appreciate it. You're always welcome, man. So you have the shop in Philly, Seven Sins, and uh, you got the Seven Swords. Sister, seven Swords. Nah, I like Sins better than Swords, man. Sorry <laughs> about that, brother. But uh, Seven okay. Swords, I'm sorry. that I know that. I just, uh, camera get you once in a while but um <laughs> anyways uh yeah seven swords in philly and you got the sister shop down there in uh, the carolinas uh where are you spending most of your time these days up north or down south uh well lately i've been in i've been here in Asheville, where i'm at now um pretty much since the pandemic um with the lockdown i was uh i have a, a house with a good bit of property and a river and a pond and I'm like, do I want to sit in Philly lockdown or do I want to sit out in the country in the mountains lockdown? So I came down here and I've been here for a while. Um, I just got back from Philly. I was up in Philly for like three weeks. Um, but most of my time right now here in Asheville. No, it's a nice retreat, man. I'm sure, uh, uh, I live in the middle of nowhere too. So, uh, why not if you have that bubble to protect you in uh, more of a relaxing surrounding uh, definitely take advantage of that. So how is Asheville doing, man? How's that shop taking off? I mean, it was kind of weird to open up a shop right before this whole shit show, so to speak. Uh, um, how's it, how's it, how's it going for you? Honestly, the shop is doing amazing. 
uh, I've got a super solid crew and things are just, uh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) I got confused for a second there. Um, the, uh, the shop's doing amazing. I've got a amazing solid crew. Uh, you know, whenever I first opened it's, we're going on two years now, whenever I first opened, um, uh, I took over a shop that I used to work at here in Asheville. Um, it was called freaks and geeks. And I worked here about eight years ago. Um, and, and, uh, I took over the shop, changed the name, rebranded, remodeled, and, uh, I inherited a crew. They were, they were all solid tattooers. They were, they were really good people. Um, but whenever any transition you go through different crews and stuff to find the right fit. And currently I think that we have a really good solid crew, good fit. Everyone gets along amazingly. Um, it's always kind of awkward when, you know, it's not saying someone, you know, is less than or anything. It's just, maybe they just don't, aren't vibing the same way. And, um, and eventually that just kind of smooths out and everybody meshes into a cohesive, you know, solid functioning machine, like a solid family. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that's what we have currently. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I had uh, my shop in Arizona for geez, uh, you know, many, many moons. And, 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 and there was a few periods where you get either a couple employees leave or come and, that can offset the balance to all of a sudden where the whole staff just kind of, you know, gets reset. You get one or two members that stay and you might get a bunch to leave. And, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that, to be honest with you. I like, uh, I mean, we're, we're all sort of gypsy souls to start with in this business. So (laughs) it's, it's amazing to find anybody to sit tight in a shop for more than five years, I think, you know? Yeah. Um, It's uh it, it is, it is very difficult to, uh, to do. I mean, tattooers by nature, like you said, you know, we're nomadic. We like to move around. And, and honestly, I, 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 I encourage that because I mean, that's what I've done my whole crew or my whole career. I've moved around and, um, you, you learn something from different people. I mean, there's definitely something to be said to, to have that home shop and like that solid crew that stays on for a while. And then you go out and get spot and travel. And obviously right now with the coronavirus stuff going on, it makes it a little more difficult, but um, there's definitely something to be said to have that home base and um, to work off of. But yeah, for sure. I mean, going to yeah. shows, meeting other artists, being exposed to different uh, mediums and different uh, skill sets. And, you know, uh, you can learn a lot of what to do and a lot of what not to do, too. You know, but I mean, um, yeah, I think I think anybody that just sits in their shop and expects the world to come to them is uh, is missing out on an awful lot for sure. You know, I mean, I know you you travel extensively. Well, used to. We all did. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it'll get back to it one of these days. I'm personally enjoying this to some degree. Uh, it, 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 it creates problems. It creates anxiety. It, uh, but at the same time, I happen to be truly one of those, you know, try and make the best of a bad situation kind of guys. Once I get over the initial shock, I throw a tantrum and kick and stomp my feet in the beginning of any change uh, in the beginning. But once I realize it, I, I, I generally try and make the best of it. So, I mean, my business is I mean, up. It's crazy. 
Yeah. I mean, what, what, what else can you do? Right. I mean, we're, we're in a unprecedented time in history right now. Um, and you know, I, I kind of, I think that, you know, the, the whole world right now is, is going through some serious PTSD. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get on any sad notes, but, you know, we've lost a lot of lives in this world and that's some pretty serious shit. And it's, you know, I think a lot of people are trying to maybe kind of forget that it's still going on. Um, but, uh, you know, I, at both of my shops, I'm really trying to take precautions and keep my clients as safe as possible. Um, I, I supply all my clients with KN95 masks and we have HEPA filters and, you know, air purifiers with HEPA filters and, uh, UV light sterilization, like all over the shops. And, uh, and we just, uh, we want to put our, our clients, you know, first and foremost and, and not take any precautions. Most of all of my crew has gone through like first rounds of vaccinations. Um, I myself have done my first round of vaccination, weighed in on my second. And, um, you know, um, I, I see a lot of good things. You know, you mentioned that your business is up. I mean, I think crazy enough is I think a lot of people's business is up. You know, if your business is up, that means tattooing is up. Um, so uh, well, a lot of times in any type of uh, recession in any way, uh, the things that do well are vices like, you know, alcohol, bars, like, well, not so much bars, but alcohol, gambling, so, uh, sex, sex work, um, tattoos, like any type of like things that are considered a vice tend to do really well because it, it makes people feel better. Like they have like the the like the lipstick um they call it kind of like the 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 lipstick guide or whatever i don't know it was whenever they were buying in the depression people would buy lipstick because it was like a cheap thing to buy and it made it made them feel better right so they could market like they could see when lipstick sales gone up but with the pandemic and everyone wearing masks it went to like different types of like eye makeup it switched Mm -hmm. from the lipstick to to eye makeup and stuff but uh yeah well i mean you know like you said it's 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 relatively depressing if you really sit and dwell on it and think about it so people need to find a way to uh make the best of it you know find those little stop and smell the flowers where you can here and there you know i mean the 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 inability to be close to family and uh you know I, i personally lost a number of family members you know, in the last year or so that unfortunately I didn't get to spend, you know, those last days with or whatever, stuff like this. I mean, uh, not that my story is any worse than anybody's. It's not. People have done, uh, suffered through much, much worse, but it's, uh, you feel robbed because you, 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 you're losing that time you could never get back, you know? So that's a little bit depressing. And I don't want to, I don't want to get all doom and gloomy here. That's no fun. Yeah, but we're, I, we're here I, to have a good time. So, um, but no, I, I, I get it, but I, I can't explain it. I, I'm rolling with it. I'm making the best of a, of a weird situation is what I'll say is you know, yeah. business is up and I'm going to, I, I don't want to say take advantage of it, but I'm going to use this time to grow my business and grow, uh, different aspects of my business in the media. I, I didn't have time to do this. 
when I was traveling and doing 20 plus shows a year, you know, I mean, I would never yeah. find time to do this, but so, so this is something new for me. I'm getting to uh, bring these personal conversations public. Uh, what I like to think is like, okay, the big and famous tattooers of the world today, um, you know, they're rock star-esque or whatever. And, uh, but they're real people. They're my friends. They're your friends. And, and these little chats and stuff, it's an effort to get people to realize that we are just people too. Nobody's, none of us is more special than anybody else. And there's nobody that understands that more than you. Um, you, you are one of the most humble individuals that I've met in this business, especially for somebody that's uh, achieved such a level of success. Um, and like I said, I, I admire the living crap out of that. Uh, but this is your day. I want you to talk. I'm going to kind of try and shut up and step to the background. I want you to give me a little insight into Mike Chambers. What makes you who you are? I have a pretty good idea <laughs> of that because I know you well enough. But I mean, you know, I know your background. I know your history. I know about your brother. I know, I know all this. Uh, a lot of the world may or may not know these stories, even though it's nothing you guard, it's stuff you share freely for others to learn from and grow from. But um, I, use this as a little bit of a platform. Tell us about you, you know, um, what makes you such a good fucking human being, you know? Um, well, thank you for all of the really nice words and nice, uh, um, I appreciate that, Mark. We've been friends for a really long time. and uh, I love you, man. I love you, too, but <laughs> I don't mean to make you cry, man. I'm a little yeah. guy here, too, but yeah. It's all good, man. It's good. Um, what, what makes me me? I don't know. Um, fucking up a whole lot and, uh, and, and learning from those fuck-ups because I've, I've definitely done a whole lot of that. You know, I'm I, and I take a, a lot of the blame for a lot of the, the, the situations and shit that I put myself in. Um, uh, I guess uh, just a little bit, um, I don't know, had a really crazy past, really kind of crazy childhood. Um, my parents were amazing. My parents split up uh, whenever I was pretty young. And, um, and they were well-meaning and they were really, uh, you know, wanted the best for me and did everything. You know, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't beat as a child or anything and I was taken really good care of, but also I, I didn't really understand my parents splitting up and it was at a very developmental stage for me as a child when all that happened. And, you know, people make mistakes. My dad made a lot of mistakes and, you know, and people are human, but a child doesn't understand that. So I took that um, into growing up and I quickly, you know, I was a, a young punk skater kid and, you know, all of my friends were getting fucked up. Everybody was getting high, smoking weed, drinking, you know, I, I remember the first time I, um, the first time I ever like smoked weed, which I don't think there's anything wrong with weed, you know, whatever in moderation or whatever. I I'm, I'm all about it. Um, I just personally don't choose that for myself, but, but the fact is, is that was one of the first things that I ever did. And, and I remember when I first smoked, like 
first smoked my first joint, I took a hit and then I sat back and I was just like, where the fuck has this been my whole life? Like I felt normal. Right. Mm -hmm. And I felt amazing. And I felt like I actually belonged. And, uh, and I was like 12, you know, and, and that's pretty shitty for a 12 year old to not feel like they belonged anywhere and not feeling right. Um, but, uh, but it made me feel, it made me feel whole and, and good. And so, you know, and, 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 parents are all oh that's bad and I did it and I'm like no that's really good what the fuck are you talking about so if if you're saying this is bad what else you're saying is bad is actually good so you know I start moving on to stealing booze and drinking and anyway it escalates into a really shitty fucking drug habit um and a, a crazy life of um of crime and amazing adventures i i went traveling around the country riding freight trains like crusty punk rock kid with the backpack and a dog and my little brother and it was like huck Finn shit but underneath all of it it was this just fear and desperation and regret for a lot of the mistakes that i had made and i covered it up with drugs and alcohol and pretended like i was having an amazing time but really underneath all of it i was i was really this hurt scared child you were right and um yeah and uh i ended up eventually uh eventually i got sober and you know in the midst of all of this i you know i was tattooing like i did my first stick and poke at like 12 um i got a i got a little cross that i still have here in the webbing of my hand um and uh you know i my my reasoning was that if I got across that maybe my mom wouldn't totally fucking beat the shit out of me, which she never actually beat me, but you know, I was still the generation where you got whooped, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, <I> know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, first had to at 12 and then, you know, 14, 15, making homemade tattoo machines, like jailhouse machines, tattooing friends. And, then I did like a shitty ass apprenticeship later on in New Orleans. And then the, like in, in the mess of all of this, like tattooing, punk rock, getting fucked up, traveling. It was, uh, it was all part of it. And um, anyway, fast forward, I ended up getting arrested, went to prison, four years in prison, uh, whole fucking crazy story there got out um thought i was good because i hadn't drank or done drugs started drinking doing drugs again next thing you know i'm fucking homeless again fucked up back in jail got sober and then i finally got sober and um I, I, I was at a point that um, that I thought that I was gonna I was gonna die a hopeless junkie piece of shit and um, and that just wasn't in the cards for me you know um, I checked myself into a rehab um, I started working a 12-step program and then 
I was removed from that nightmare. The desire to drink and get high was just gone after a lot of work on my part. Like, I mean, I, I did like therapy and I still do therapy like once a week and I did therapy and I do meetings and all kinds of shit. But the, the, the cornerstone to all of that is continuing to help other people that are trapped in that nightmare and reaching out and uh, speaking at rehabs and just, just being there, you know, being, you know, every time I do, well, I don't really do magazine interviews too much anymore because that's kind of like not a thing, but all the magazine interviews and all the things that I had done before I was, I was real clear to always put that story and that message of hope um, in there. And, uh, and it, and it reached a lot of people and I use my social media platform to also reach people in that way. And, um, because there is a way out, people don't have to fucking live that way. And, um, and there was a long time that, that I didn't know that. And I thought I was, I was too far gone and, uh, and I was just going to die that way. Um, but you hit uh, your rock bottom, man. I mean, you, unfortunately, I mean, my view on, on, on let's say sobriety or any addiction and getting out of it is that only when you physically mentally hit some sort of a rock bottom at that one point in time you make you make a choice to either either straighten out or die and uh, we see it way too often within our industry with with friends i mean some people don't get that last final you know smack in the forehead you know and then and, and then they're just gone and it's, it's yeah it's it's too sad. late yeah i mean i definitely i definitely hit a rock bottom but i had hit a lot of rock bottoms but at those times i didn't know there was a solution there wasn't someone telling me hey there's a way out at that time so i just kept going like there were plenty of times that i was sitting in an abandoned building somewhere like withdrawing from heroin and fucking the cd in seattle or new york city or, or wherever and just wanting to die and just wishing for the end. And if someone would have been there and said, Hey, I, I know a way out of this. And, um, I, I think I would have took it, but, uh, but you know, everything happens, you know, in the time that it's supposed to. And unfortunately a lot of people are dying from this disease and, uh, and it is a disease, um, you know, and they don't, it's needless, but I mean, I say needless, but there's this saying that, you know, sometimes people have to die so other people can live. Yeah. And, uh, and that hits fucking hard. Well, I mean, the, one of the smartest things we can do as humans is learn from other people's mistakes. I mean, if you can't do that, you're, you're destined to fail out of the gate. Um, yeah. I, I just love the, I mean, I did drugs when I was younger, everything. And, you know, I mean, I, quit doing any of that in 86 okay and then i went 30 years with like not even smoking a joint or nothing and uh only once massachusetts legalized did i occasionally take a little puff here and there and that's really only when i can't sleep so much you know it helps relax me but i i never had the let's per se addiction where i was where i was like desperate or withdrawal or anything like that um you know knock on wood you know fortunately for myself um i didn't realize because i've never been there that you would have taken 
the offer if somebody had explained that to you because what I see is I'm, I'm always willing to listen and even help people, you know, especially people I know when I can. But what I encounter a lot is me trying to help people that aren't ready to be helped or they're not ready to help themselves. And, and, and you sort of touched on it a minute ago where, where you weren't ready yet, you know, with the other times you thought you'd hit rock bottom and you just weren't ready yet. Uh, and finally you got to the point where you were ready and you were, you, and, and I think in my mind, okay. And I, I could be totally wrong. Uh, I, I believe in the philosophy of when the when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So those offers might have been there in the past. You just either didn't see them, weren't capable of seeing them, or or didn't. Oh well, yeah. You know, I mean, so yeah. so when when you were ready, it it was obvious to you, and 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 you just took that path, and that's awesome, man. And yeah. and the fact that you offer that path up to others on a constant basis is is one of the things I admire most about you. I've, I've physically seen you reach in your pocket and, and, and give somebody in need a lot of money, you know, I mean, and I, I and, and, and that just threw me because I, I'll, I'll do the little handouts here and there or whatever, but I, I just, you know, more or less, I'd rather just take them to the liquor store and buy them a bottle because I know what they're, you know, they're going to do most of the time, but uh, you sincerely want to help them or I just want to, you know, give them a little bit of money and, and, and let them go enjoy what they want to do. That's the way I see it. You know, they're not going to take that money and go get clean and sober where I know that, you know, 99.9% of the time. But if it's at a point where it's something they're still enjoying and, and whatever, if it's making them happy for this, this much time, you know, all, you know, all the more power to them, I guess, you know, they're not ready yeah. yet. So but, yeah. uh, you have a different philosophy, you know, and it's, it's, that's what I can enjoy. Yeah. I mean, if, I, I definitely um, judge things based on like intuition and gut feeling on, on different situations. Like, you know, I've had, I've taken quite a few people to rehab, let people sleep on my couch. Like there was this one guy that uh, the rehab was totally full and he would have probably died had he not kept drinking. So like I had to keep buying him booze, like steel reserve cans for like three days taking them around with me and then, uh, getting them into rehab, you know? And, um, and that guy's actually sober today, which is awesome, which is man. pretty amazing. You know, you know, not, not everybody does. A lot of people don't make it. I've, uh, I've definitely had my fair share of, uh, of helping people that eventually, uh, just succumb to this, uh, horrible disease. But, uh, but I, so there you go. That's kind of what, that kind of makes me, my... me i mean i think it's i think it's knowing that hardship and uh, that struggle you know um i when i got sober you know i'm going on 16 years now Congratulations. but um you know when i got sober i i had nothing i was living under a bridge and within a year um uh, within a year i had my own shop a year and a half I had like was traveling the world flying first class being flown to Brazil and like all over the world and it just it just blew my mind just the way things started happening it was literally like you know I'm not saying I'm rich but it was like a rags to like whatever the fuck 
you know, it goes to. And, and, and I think that's a direct result of, of trying to do the next right thing, you know, and trying to stay positive and, and manifesting. I mean, the, our powers of manifestation are fucking immense. It's just so mind blowing, like what a positive mental attitude will do in your life and what a negative attitude in your life will do, because you know what, everything looks pretty shitty when you have your head up your ass. Yeah. And well, those qualities also, I, I believe, uh, you know, cosmic forces, whatever you want to say, uh, like attracts like, man. So like, we're friends because we have an awful lot of similar thoughts and traits. You know, we were two totally different individuals and we, there's, there's probably many things that we disagree on, but for the most part, I think we're in sync a lot, you know, uh, upstairs as, as, as far as, uh, uh, as far as uh, business goes and, 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 and uh, motivation and, and, and wanting to help others. I mean, that's part of, why I do these things here is these are, these are motivational to other people. They're, they're, uh, I, I don't want to say I'm a mentor cause I'm not, even though I do to some degree mentor other people. Um, but that's what it is. It's like, it's, it's building this network of, of people in building positive situations, which can inspire other people to want to do better. I mean, that's what it's all about. Uh, to, for me anyways, it's like, I, I'm doing okay. I, I don't have a lot of complaints. I'm not rich either, you know, but I'm, I'm doing just fine. And, and if I can help other people get to the next level, that's, that's, that makes me so happy. That's, that's kind of my drug. You and, know? and that's what's up. And that's what makes you awesome. Uh, you are definitely one of my favorite people out here oh, in you, this man. industry. And, you know, I mean, we haven't gotten a chance to talk in a little while. I mean, we used to sit on the phone for a couple of hours at a time. Yeah. It's, um, it's but uh, yeah. yeah. Which is amazing because like the whole lack of personal interaction, this is, this would have been kind of the perfect time to spend days on the phone, but I know. you know, it's, it's, <laughs> the world is just fucking backwards right now. It, it, it is. It is. Yeah. And, ma- and many, many hours, you know, in person hanging out. Yeah. So, but uh yeah. All right. So, so we know a little bit about Mike Chambers' past and what makes him. I mean, all of our pasts is collectively what brings us to where we are now. And then uh, it just it sucks that you had to have such a traumatic past to get where you're at. But like you said, man, it's just part of the recipe. It's it's what it took to get you where you're at. So, and you have to accept that. Um, now into the tattooing, man. I mean, okay, the hand poke at twelve. You know, homemade stuff at fourteen. Um, you know, what, what was, if you can remember back, what was your first exposure to tattooing? What, what made you think that you just had the slightest interest in the, not so much as a career or whatever, but like, it was like, it just grabbed you. Can you remember that moment at all? Like an uncle with a, with a, with a sailor tattoo or. No, no, I don't remember any of my family members having tattoos, honestly. So, sort of the um, punk scene or? Maybe they did, yeah. It it all came from, it all came from just like sk- skate culture, punk fucking, rebellion. the punk scene and rebellion and just fucking 
juvenile angst. And, and most of my tattoos were driven out of, uh, fuck you. And, um, I mean, I've, I've lasered like both of my arms and, but originally I just had like anarchy symbols and fucking, uh, all just punk scribble shit. Literally I fucking scribbled down my arm and I thought scribble and, and that's actually kind of a big style. Now I see people like doing <laughs> scribble and I'm like, Oh, I did that back in 95. Um, <laughs> and uh, out of your time all always man yeah um yeah i mean a lot of the tattoos i did were like like i don't know it's like a, a crusty traveler punk culture it's just like lines and dots and it's kind of like a improvised tribal not like the sharp pointy tribal or it, it probably has a closer route to a to a native tribal but um like the tattoos on my face. I mean, I've had those shit. I got the tattoos on my face and uh, I want to say 94, 95. The, the triangles were originally dots and then I have dots here and here. And I got the dots tattooed on my face with a homemade rotary machine and a battery pack um, under a bridge in Again, Denver. cutting edge technology, man, way ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, I don't even know where I was going with all that shit, but, uh, <laughs> where, where I just started rambling. <laughs> it's, um, no, it's, it's, it's totally cool. Kinda, so, but like, so you went from all this scribbling to some of the, uh, some of the cleanest lines in, 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 in precise, uh, uh, you know, elements in your tattoos now. I mean, that's, that's a big jump. What, what, what drove you to the traditional style of tattooing? Uh, what was your attraction there? Um, well, my tattooing went from just sticking pokes and then like punk tattoos and just little tribal shit to new school and like fine line black and gray and biomech black and gray i did a, a predominantly black and gray for the longest time and i did a lot of like i i kind of went with a lot of the the flow of the way things were going and at the time um and then i guess it, it wasn't really until i got sober that I started gravitating towards traditional, but I didn't really want my stuff to look like everyone else's. So, and I was still really influenced by new school colors. Like I did like seafoam highlights on everything and, uh, and just slowly I just gravitated towards a type of traditional, which I can't even tattoo anything without it looking like I actually did it. Um, I guess everything like really has, everything I do has the same type of feel um, that I do. And uh, it just kind of started gravitating that way. Um, I wanted, I definitely wanted to have a style that was my own and not take anything from other people. Um, Although you have to, like you kind of pull yeah. this and you pull that and put it all together, and you know every artist of, out there does. Yeah, a lot, a lot of a lot of things that I did were were 
accidents that I didn't mean to do. And I was like, Oh, that kind of actually looks cool. I'm going to go ahead and do that. But like, um, I'm mildly OCD with like cleaning and line work and, um, and things like that. So when I'm tattooing, I, I have a very high attention to detail. Um, although I look at other people's tattoos and I see where they're a lot looser with what they're doing. And I think it's amazing, but it's very hard for me to do that. Um, me too, man. I I'm too rigid with my yeah, drawings, my paintings, and, my tattoos. And I honestly, I'm really trying to break that these days. I'm trying to not do that. I'm trying to like, I'm like, Oh, that one leaf needs to be tilted just a little bit this way. And this one just a little bit this way to get, the the proper balance and you know and and it's um it's just uh now i'm just like you know what fuck it that leaf can go there and this can go there and it doesn't have to be like perfect and it doesn't have to be this or that or you know i'm glad um, you're finding the freedom to do that man because i i don't know if i could ever get to that stage but I got one one second here because like while we're talking a little bit about traditional tattoos, we have a question in here. Uh, I just had text to me or whatever from uh, uh, Justin wants to know: Is it okay to put white in traditional tattoos? Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've got a I've got a Sailor Jerry book of Sailor Jerry's actual tattoos, and that dude used so much fucking white. He probably went through just as much white as he did red um it's like there's a lot of white and and my theory on white is traditional doesn't usually use so much white for um for highlights though it's like really all whatever you want to do but like uh filling spaces like if you're going to do um like whiskers on a tiger like and you double line them instead of a single line then you want to fill that with a white yeah like right here you can see where i put white in the in that because what that white's going to do is it's going to hold that space and it's going to keep that black those black lines from closing in and becoming one solid black line so i will use white to fill in spaces or you can see i did like a little glare on the eyeball i'll use white on eyeballs on glares on teeth just to give them a, a shiny appearance and and still maintain the integrity of, of a traditional style, although it's kind of a looser traditional style um, and modified. Yeah, I love the classic appeal and, and, and I love the idea that there's people out there this day and age that still want to stick to a traditional style. But I think people also need to understand that the reason that you know traditional tattooers only used a few colors was that's all they had access to really um i think if they had a full palette they probably would have been trying to you know emulate as much art as they could as just as we are these days you know i mean they're just they were working within the limits and the tools that they had so that's the way i see it um yeah but, i mean they they were in, they were innovators they oh, yeah. wanted they wanted to go to the next level. They were constantly trying to find the, the perfect tattoo geometry for their machine to make it more efficient, to make it work better. They were constantly trying to, to mix new pigments and come up with new colors. And, you know, if, if someone had, you know, down the road had 
at purple or whatever, then all the business was going over there. Oh, he's got this purple or, Oh, he's got this. I mean, they were innovators. They were working with what they had. And if they saw, you know, if you, if you put a machine, you know, if you put a wireless pen machine in Owen Jensen's hand, he would have like lost his shit and been (laughs) like, you know, I, that's that's my opinion. They yeah. wouldn't have turned their nose up at it. They would have been like, "This is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. My job is now gonna, you know, I can do this tattoo so much like more efficient." And and I I love coils, and I still I use coils. I use whatever tool um, is going to do the best job. And you know, and sometimes that's a coil, sometimes that's a rotary, sometimes that's a pin. And um, I, I don't. I don't scoff at that. And oh, yeah, various and it's, tools it's, in your box and each one excels at different things. And then, yeah. And, uh, you know, traditional tattooing is simply honoring a tradition. So I understand the hardline coil users and like hardline, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to stick to the basic primary four colors. And, and that's all I'm doing because they are really on, trying to honor that tradition of the way that the modern tattooing forefathers did it. And I understand that. And I respect that. Um, that's, that's not necessarily what I do um, because I like to, you know, create art. And um, sometimes I do stick to it and sometimes I don't. Um, but uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that they are trying to honor a certain era you know, a very, very, you know, they have a niche and that's what they want to, they want to follow. And that's cool. And that's their prerogative. And and it's awesome. The, the, the artwork a lot of these people produce is, 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 is breathtaking, but at the same time, I mean, they still, you know, hop on their iPhone and use their computers and get drive to the shop in their car. You know, none of them are walking to work or riding a horse. Uh, So there's, you know, you got to let technology in, in some areas. So, but, uh, like I said, they, if they want to stick in a certain area of genre, awesome, awesome. But it's the guys that oppose people that want to utilize the technology and the new colors and stuff like this. Those people that kind of bother me a little bit. You know, it's like, hey, just just let other people do what they want to do. You know, let them let them yeah. build their portfolio. Uh, no matter whether it's religion or politics or whatever people have their right to their own opinion and their own lives. And, and who am I to infringe on someone else's? So like if someone wants to go, you know, talk shit or, or discredit someone else based on, you know, what ink they're using or what machines they're using, or, you know, whether they're painting or they're doing their design on an iPad, it's, you know, we all have equal choice and I'm definitely, you know, pro choice and fucking everything in life. Yeah. But everything in moderation too, man. You can't be in excess in in any areas where you become out of balance, and that just you know yeah. creates a whole different set of problems. So uh, you just mentioned ink here. We got one other question here, and I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but because uh, you know I know you have your own ink set, you know, with Tramp, who's an amazing guy or whatever too. But it says, uh, do you guys have an opinion on Intense Ink? Personally, I think Mario's a great dude. I don't know him closely at all, but I I know he's. Uh, He's uh, he's he's a powerhouse in the in the business, uh, and I, from friends that I have that are very close with him, he's an amazing dude, and he makes a good ink. So, what's yeah, your I don't I don't uh, you know I've used intense 
years and years and years ago. Um, I have not used it in any way in recent history. So I, I have no opinion on it. Um, and I've, you know, met Mario, you know, a few times and had some really good conversations with them. And, you know, I don't know Mario enough to, to make judgment. He was always very nice to me. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I don't really have, have an opinion there. I can only speak with what I know. Right. On what yeah, I my, know. my opinion is, is truly based on dear friends whose opinions matter to me that say he's a really rock solid guy. I know he's a talented artist. I know he's a brilliant businessman. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's, he's achieved levels of success that, uh, you know, most would, you know, just, just kill for, for God's sake. So, uh, but the, the inks, I'll be honest with you, I've never used them. I, other than maybe borrowing a color or two at a show, I see somebody else's palette. I want to throw it in a piece I got or whatever, but, but, uh, yeah. Um, the only reason I don't sell it is because I've never had a massive demand for it. He's huge overseas. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's a big following for it here in the States, but my customers have never really requested it much. And I can't go spending, you know, $50,000 or more to put a new ink on the shelf to appease a few customers. If I had a big demand, I would put it on the shelves. I have no problem with it at all. So, but uh, okay. Enough with, I think that's it for our questions, but uh, um Okay, so tattooing. So, what was the first professional shop you were in, man? Where, where you said, did you you went straight from under the bridge to your own shop, or did you work at various? Oh, shops? I, no, um, I, I was working at shops and on Hollywood Boulevard oh, yeah. in L.A. So, I worked at I worked at most every shop on Hollywood Boulevard and a few on uh, on uh, Sunset. And uh, yeah, that's that's really the predominant place I worked at because I was in LA for quite a while. And uh, I mean, I at, and then I got sober, and then I've been you know opened up my own shop. Worked at well before I got sober, then I worked at my friend uh, Larry the Leopard, um, his shop, Telepathic Tattoo. I worked there for a while, and. Uh, uh rest in peace larry he was uh he was a really good dude and had his demons but uh i don't know if you ever got to meet him but no uh, I, the name i know but i i never got to know him yeah he was uh he was the fully tattooed uh like leopard guy he was on like ripley's believe it or not for like yeah i met him but i don't we never you know, like, you know, uh, you know, some of the full coverage guys, Enigma's a good friend of mine, you know, and then I remember yeah. his, his old lady Katzen from back in the day. And, and a lot of those yeah. people I know, some of those people I knew really well, Larry, I've met him, but we never got to sort of really hang out and get to know each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you developed your, well, I guess you kind of had to develop a pretty good street hustle working, uh, work in the LA shops and stuff like that. I mean, cause that yeah. was just, that had to be just, you know, tattoo after tattoo after tattoo all day. Right. That was, that was just straight grinding all day long. Um, you know, I would get to the shop at, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock. And then I wouldn't leave sometimes until three, four in the morning. Damn. And, uh, and it was all like small banger tattoos all day long, every day. And, and that was at a time when it, it was just so busy. 
um, you didn't, you barely had time to, you know, sit and think you're just hustling, hustling, hustling. And, uh, it was a, it was a really good time in tattooing. Uh, I must admit it was, good. it was a lot of fun just grinding in a street shop and, you know, I, and that was in the mid nineties. Yeah. Mid nineties, 2000, early two thousands. And that uh, many shops, I mean, there were there, but I mean, like, like, in general, there weren't that many shops in the U.S. I mean, they just, that was about the period when the explosion really was starting. So, yeah. you, used to, you know, if you had a shop prior to that, you generally could stay nonstop busy no matter what. You know, yeah. nowadays is the era of, you know, cancellations, for God's sakes. I, it's all in my whole news feed running down the screen here is people bitching about, you know, cancellations. It's, it's just kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Take deposits, guys. Yeah, well, that's that's. <laughs> I mean, take, I mean, take big deposits. I mean, I I used to take two hundred dollar deposits, and most people didn't cancel on a two hundred dollar deposit. And then I lowered it to a hundred, and and most people don't cancel on that. A time or two they do, but then you know they're taking you know then they've got three months to six months to wait to get back in. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely take deposits. Um, okay. lately lately things have been super busy like you know we were talking about earlier um i guess all the stimulus checks came in and it's like it's hustling and grinding both of my shops are uh are modeled after classic street shop walk-in shops uh, but you know most of my guys are all booked out and they'll take walk-ins wherever they can the guys here will just grind on walk-ins all day like in between their appointments and stuff. So, uh, I mean, call-ins, we're doing call-ins right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can go call in from in front of the shop and if we can get you in, we will. Um, so, so between yeah. the big custom work, people are doing the bangers off the wall still. Uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. All right. While you're giving advice and tips out here for, for folks, um, uh, one thing I've been asking people lately is like, uh, you got any good tips to get the most out of uh, the convention experience for when that starts back up again? <laughs> and it will be probably by, you know, I think it'll be hot and heavy again by late summer or fall. But, uh, you know, what, what, what do you do to ensure, uh, or not nowadays, nowadays you're going in probably fully booked, but when you were still hustling, what would you do to, uh, to ensure you would have a successful show? Um, well, I, I mean, yeah, I'm typically fully booked um, at a show prior, but I bring my crew and they may not all be fully booked. And, you know, we'll fly over to, to Italy or something and we'll have like four booths. And um, and the the secret to that is presentation, um, like nice banners, nice setup on your table. Like we do tablecloths like. Uh, custom tablecloths and and stuff like that but the the main thing is is having a nice selection of pre-drawn designs i find that people don't like picking colored flash so if you painted flash typically they're not inclined to get that tattooed they're more inclined if you have all of your drawings line drawings cut out and placed on the table they're more inclined to come by and pick that off the table uh, as opposed to opening up a book with a bunch of line drawings, they're less inclined. If you spread them out on your table and you have line drawings, 
And even more so if you put the price, because they don't even have to ask you. They're like, okay, cool. And the magic number is 200. I find that the magic number for someone just walking around, they can do 200. So if you base your designs off of $200, you can, you know, crank out a whole bunch of those in one day and you're set. Nice. That's a good, that's a good point, man. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. How do you, how do you see, say, uh, so you think that's a magic number that applies to most areas? Because uh, some people will say, well, if I go to a show in, in this metro area, yes, I can get top dollar. If I go here, I, I, people won't give me change. So, um, Nah, I find that that's a pretty good number most places because people are going to a tattoo convention, understand that they're going to be spending around that, you know, I mean, and you can, you may have people that don't want to spend $200. Yeah, but, but you may not want them as but clients. You may not really want to do that because you're getting to do something that you like and that other people are wanting to do. And um, so you let those people walk on by and get the people that are wanting to spend that. And if they're wanting to spend more, then they'll probably talk to you about it. Right. So or they'll see something go, hey, man, if he's willing to do this for 200, what can I get for four or five? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you are also a lot of times you want to kind of stick to what you have drawn and you tell people I'm actually just doing this unless it's something that you can draw really quick because you don't want to sit there and have to spend a lot of time drawing a custom tattoo where you could have done three of your other tattoos right unless it's just dead and that's all you can get then do it but typically you don't want to spend all that time drawing when you could have done other stuff okay now when you go to a show are your artists working the booth or do you generally bring somebody to handle the front of the booth for you it just depends it just depends a lot of times you know um how if the if i know the show is really busy then i i will bring someone um i'll bring like our manager or if there's an apprentice at the time we'll bring them to work the booth but uh you know it just it really just depends cool all right cool that's uh trying to think here uh so do you have any plans to do any shows later in the year or anything you have scheduled for late in the year or are you just uh sitting and waiting like the rest of us well um i'm thinking about going there's there's going to be a rome convention and and they reached out to me and i wrote them back and told them i didn't think i was going to be able to make it but i think i'm going to contact them Cause it's going to be in September. And I think by then the amount of um, vaccination should be high enough and, and the crew will be vaccinated and maybe we could go do that Rome show. Um, but I do think I'm cutting back on all of that. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, me too. I, I'm still going to go back to shows. I love them, but I'm probably going to be more selective because I, what I find is I love being home. You know, I love being with my family. I love I'm getting a lot more done. So I'm going to be a little more selective about where I go and how much time I spend on the road. Yeah. Well, I do love being home, but I'm about to hop in a sprinter van and travel around the country. So come through here. So you guys be on the lookout for me coming to your town. I think first I'm heading out, uh, heading out West and uh, I'm going to hit Colorado and the desert and the high desert and then go up Pacific Northwest and stuff. Cause 
I just haven't been um, out that way, but then I will be making it over to Mass and Connecticut. Awesome. Head up to Maine. I'll probably go the High Line. So I'll go through the right South, go, go up the West and then come through like Idaho and Montana. And yeah. North Dakota and then Minneapolis and then over that way. So. So you're lining up guest spots all along the way, or you're just going to be winging this? I'm just going to fucking wing it. I, 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 I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll sit back and uh, I'll sit back and then I'll just kind of trying to plan it out. But I'm really just kind of winging it here. Here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to LA, and I'll be in LA for three weeks at Iron and Ink on Melrose. Um, I do have a couple spots if anybody's watching that wants to get tattooed in LA. I just, I think I literally have like two spots left out of three weeks. Um, so, um, which I could use those to go to the beach. That's not and, a bad uh, thing. <laughs> not a bad thing at yeah. all, man. Uh, it's yeah. a little bit warmer down South and out that way for sure. I know, uh, I know it was 70 here a couple days ago. It was in the 70s. And I woke up this morning. I live at a higher elevation. And then I had snow flurries out my window. And I was like, what the hell? I mean, just, just yeah. welcome to New England. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. It'll change. So. Yep. It's uh, it's getting a little crazy. So, or it always is a little crazy. I think, I think everyone has that saying in every state. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Um, except for san diego it's sunny in 85 in san diego just about every day regardless you know you you would think it's sunny every day in san diego but it there's so much like weather that comes off it's kind of like overcast a lot there mm -hmm. like there's like they have entire like like two months of overcast um it's weird four months of snow <laughs> yeah no they, they have great weather but like like pretty much every night in san diego you're wearing a hoodie which is like perfect for me you know fuck it maybe i'll just move to san diego <laughs> too expensive but i know i know mr giltanani would love to have you just hanging out in the shop once in a while uh, do you, you must know tahiti gill right i do i do okay. he tattooed me awesome you got your I got eye like his i got, you got his your eye of gill I got the eye of Gil right here. I got the eye of Gil. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Gil. Trying to get him on here, but he's always camera shy. He wants to do, he always wants to do like this half face on the screen thing. I, so. I can, I can relate with that. <laughs> Little honor to Gil. <laughs> cool. Uh, you mentioned uh, taking apprentices to shows earlier. Um, how frequently do you have apprentices in the shop and are they your apprentices or are they just shop apprentices? How do you usually handle that? Um, I, I recently finished an apprentice. I, I, I went a long time of not apprenticing people. And then, and then I've, I kind of felt that the industry needed um, I'm not saying that I'm like out here saving anything or anything like that, but, uh, but I felt like I had a good amount of like experience and maybe ethics and that, that I could help bestow because a lot of people are coming into this and there's a lot of things are getting watered down maybe. So maybe I could help, you know, 
and just like, I don't know. I don't know. I just want, I just want to pass on a lot of the things that I've learned over the years. So I've apprenticed a few people. I apprenticed um, a girl named Gianna Phillips um, in Philly. And uh, I know she's at a shop now in New Jersey and, um, and she's a really solid tattooer. Um, she did a two-year apprenticeship. And then I apprenticed um, Colin Quinn. He finished his apprenticeship a li- just like a month over a year ago. Um, and then I said I wasn't going to take on any more apprentices. And this kid down here in Asheville just kept bugging the shit out of me. Like he would like come in every day and he's like, Hey, can I clean some shit? Or, Hey, can I just hang out and paint? And I'm like, and he's like super nice and like, just like very courteous and respectful. And it took like, it took everything for me to get him to stop calling me, sir. And I'm like, like <laughs> you, you're, you can't fucking come around here anymore. If you keep calling me, sir, like that shit's, that's just not going to fly. And, um, and then eventually I was like, all right, fuck it. Like you're, you're not giving up. So I agreed to take him on as an apprentice and uh, to find that kind of motivation and dedication these days, you know, I yeah. mean, for, for, or people will do that for like a week, you know, and then they just sort of give up and move on to the next one. So oh, he did it for months. That's awesome. Like, man. That's awesome. He did it. He did it for months. And I kept telling him, I'm like, we're not taking on. He's like, Oh, that's cool. I just want to hang out. And he would just come and hang out. And finally, I'm like, all right. <laughs> if Fine. you're going to be here, you might as well be doing something. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so that, and then my, my manager at my Philly shop, um, Casey, uh, we recently had a meeting and we decided to take him on as a shop apprentice. As my apprentice, but I'm not in Philly quite enough. And um, so whenever it's time for him to, like I'm doing a lot of things remotely, but he's also has, there's a great crew in Philly that are able to work with him. And, um, and he's sending me, you know, assignments that I, I give him assignments and uh, he's, you know, texting me pictures of everything that he's doing and stuff like that. And then when it comes time for him to learn to tattoo, which will be a, a year in, then he's going to either I'll go there for a month to get him started or he'll come to where I am. And, um, and so I have, uh, I have really high standards when it comes to apprentices. Like I'm not going to release a print an apprentice unless they're like a solid tattooer that can really hang with any traditional tattooer at that level. It typically when someone's wanting to apprentice with me, it's for like a traditional style, but if, you know, I'm not opposed to someone realism, but I don't know that I would be the best person, but I could take them to that level of getting solid, you know, tattoos down and then they could go from there and do with whatever they want to with it. Um, but I require them to be at this level, like there, they can hang with any tattooer. Um, not like, oh, it's like I'm, you know, in my first year out of an apprenticeship and your tattoos are still like not good. Cause if you're charging for tattoos, you need to be just as good as every fucking one else, which is sadly, it's like 
90% of people like tattoos are not quite there. Um, and that, and that comes from like people that are not quite there teaching other people, you oh, know, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, sometimes people don't just can't get it, but I feel like most people can if they're taught properly. Um, and, uh, you know, then it's a hard road and eventually, you know, you, you have to teach yourself and pick up along the way, but, um, I've, you know, Cullen is just fucking slaying tattoos. Like you would not think that he's, you know, a year out of his apprenticeship. You would think like he's seasoned like five, six years. Um, and same with Gianna, she's just killing it. You know, she's like, uh, three years out of her apprenticeship and you would think you know she's like you know five six eight nine ten years in and um because whenever someone comes into a tattoo shop and they want to get tattooed they're expecting to get tattooed by a professional with a, a standard you know and um and that's just not always the case when you walk into a tattoo shop but if you walk into a seven swords you can fucking believe that you're going to get that standard. That's awesome, man. Now I've been saying for decades, you know, 90% of everybody out there tattooing shouldn't be, I mean, and it's, it sucks as a supplier to say that because that's kind of my, my bread and butter, man. That's my, that's my, that's my retirement plan is people tattooing and, and, and the majority of the people out there are, you know, so, so at best. Uh, and that's sad, but uh, you know, it, it, I'm a bit of a tattoo snob, so I prefer to hang out with folks like yourself and other people that don't just look at it as a job. I mean, it's it's a career. It's not even just a career. It's a it's a fucking lifestyle. You it, know? It's, it's, abs it's absolutely a life. I'm not I'm not personally. I have lots of friends, honestly, that are not really good tattooers, and <laughs> and, okay. and 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 whatever. They're they're still my friends, and I don't you know I don't judge um you know people in that way i just i just don't um i will help them if they if you know help them along the way and and honestly like i help people with recovery but i i also really enjoy to help people in their careers and help people push forward and um you know and take things to the next level it's amazing what happens whenever but usually whenever i hire someone onto one of my shops it's not someone that's like at some like high level, like yeah. huge, huge followings and stuff like that booked out. It's usually someone coming in that's been trying to get to that point. And, and it's amazing to watch people come in to the shop and just grow exponentially, like, and just really come into their selves as a tattooer, as an artist and as a person. Um, I really encourage bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, I mean, I'll ask an apprentice an opinion on what color palette I should use and, and color choices or design choices. I'll ask everyone in the shop what they think and kind of bounce things off of each other. And, and that's been um, adapted by everyone in my shops. We all like to really consult everyone else in the shop. And, um, and it, it helps us all grow. And also it helps you to feel a part of versus like, and, and also you'll notice the shop here, it's, it's kind of dark and, and stuff, but the shop's totally open. So when we're hanging, we're in here tattooing, we're hanging out with everybody. And it's, it's really a family because I've worked in shops where it was private rooms 
and it really cuts off the energy of a tattoo shop and um and and then people can get disconnected and start feeling separated and feel like oh that person doesn't like me or or whatever but you know a lot of like we have like anxious creatives and people you know have anxieties and everyone in the world or whatever and you know and when you're you come in maybe you know someone new starts off and they may be a little nervous but then everyone is just its family and we laugh and joke and have so much fun and and we really enjoy being here and um and that's what what i love about the street street shop feeling is you get that camaraderie you get that growth off of each other that you're not going to get in a private studio this is a this is a fucking tattoo shop Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of fun And, and granted I mean, there's so much to cover there that, you know, I am extremely progressive with everything that we do um, and all inclusive to everyone. I'm not like, oh, this is a fucking, you know, I don't know, like old hardline shit. Like we're, you know, we're, we're, we're allies. We're fucking total allies to everything. And we do not exclude anyone. Um, from coming in and getting tattooed at our shops or working at our shops. Um, I, I, I say ours because I feel like the shops are everyone's, even though mm-hmm. it's, you know, I'm the owner, run it, shit. But, uh, yeah. When I say people shouldn't be tattooing, I don't necessarily mean just because of like, you know, they're not like a, you know, multiple art degrees and, and, and kind of get artists, but like, they're so doing bad people, tattoos. Some people are doing bad tattoos, but some people are just in the business for the wrong uh, for the wrong reasons. You know, I mean, I know tattooers who are mediocre tattooers. You know, it's a solid tattoo. It's 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 whatever, but they have the best client skills, and and they are just loved and adored by the other artists and their clients and everybody else. And they're putting their heart and soul into every damn tattoo they do. Those people belong, still, you know. But I mean. I, I, because they're giving it their all every single day, you know, I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. that's, that's, it, it is a lifestyle. It's, it, it's a passion. Um, as long as, as long as their clients are happy and not disgruntled and like really and upset with the tattoo, tattoo they got, as long as, as even a fucked up tattoo, <laughs> as long as the client likes that, fuck it it doesn't really matter and you know and i mentioned you know i'm talking about you know this is a tattoo shop it's a street shop versus like private studios um you know that's someone's choice if they're going to do a private studio i you know i don't like hold that against them but i will still you know hold on and try and keep that bit of tradition alive because personally i feel that's what makes up tattooing you know um and in that traditional aspect of tattooing um it needs to be kept alive yeah yeah no i i agree and 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 you have apparently have the ability to see potential in people i i was uh i had that skill set too when i had my shop uh back in the day uh we would find i would have other people on the staff come in and go why did you hire this guy but then six months down the road this guy's kind of leading the pack in some areas and uh, there was even a point where back in the magazine days, we had a local magazine in Arizona, uh, tattoo scene magazine. At one point I, we were, we were like head to head with a, a big chain of shops. And, uh, and at one point I even ran an ad that was, uh, uh body art tattoo incorporated the official training, gar- uh, training ground for blank, blank tattoo, you know, just, just 
why not to be an ass because I would find these people cultivate them they grow in our shop environment and then they unfortunately they people, yeah they, they would take them they would come and recruit them with more money or whatever and then and unfortunately I, I had the ability to see the potential for talent and not so much integrity so you know what can you do yeah I mean I mean tattooers move around and, uh, you know, I definitely have had, you know, turnover of tattooers. It wasn't because they didn't like working at the shop, but it typically uh, go into private studios where they see their potential to make more money. And, um, you know, it is what it is, you know, but uh, that, that, that's, that's, I mean, maybe a different subject where, you know, I'll bring on someone that I see potential in and then use the the machine that's seven swords and, and, and everything. And, and then they get a solid clientele and get booked out to where, you know, I'm paying tons of advertising and doing, you know, the reputation of the shop and everything. And then I get, I do all this to get them booked out. Right. I'm, I'm paying all this advertising and doing all this stuff so that they can then get booked out so that they're solid making money and doing really well. And then at the time that the benefit of taking them on and getting them booked out and doing all that is time to, to reap that benefit. They're like, I don't need you anymore. Right. Well, and, and again, I have no problems. I've never had a problem with an artist leaving the shop and going to learn and grow and do something. My only beef has always been when it's leaving to go to a direct competitor that is that's yeah. just that's insulting it's disrespectful um and and you know back in the day that wouldn't have flown at all but uh, unfortunately uh, we don't get to conduct life the way we used to yeah to yeah i i i try not to let it you know like get to me i'm like people leave people go whatever i just you know enjoyed the time that i had with them and you know and i like to maintain friendships with people that are no longer at the shop. And, you know, for the most part, everyone that's worked at my shops, I am still, you know, on really good terms with and friends with. Um, I have the same so. experience with most of them. And, and a lot of them, even that left on say bad terms to open their own place or go somewhere else. A lot of them have come back some point later in life after owning a shop and come back and, and, and acknowledge that they, they understood now they understood why I did what I did or, or why I chose certain paths or whatever, because, you know, they, they were all smarter than me when they worked for me because all well, they'd never been in my shoes. But once they walked in those shoes of the wall, most of them had the decency to come back and, you know, and, and, and respectfully, you know, make amends or whatnot. So there's very few people that work for me that I, that I no longer get along with. I can honestly only say one and he was an apprentice and he was a shit bag, but you know, so be it. <laughs> but uh, I think we got yeah. one more question here. Um, let me open my phone here. Let's see. Mr. Jeff Frank. There you know, you know Wolfie, right? Yeah. Oh, he's old as dirt. But uh <laughs> <What's> up, Wolfie? <laughs> all right. He says he enjoyed the podcast, but he says it's a uh I don't know at what time this came in or what it was a response to. It says it's all about evolving with the times. Call it whatever you like, but the more you can adapt to taking what's available to make your tattoos look more awesome. He's so. talking about when we were talking about, you know, innovation and machines and right. all oh, of that okay. stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah and there's, there's a guy who's old and dirt and doesn't like change for shit man but you know. yeah <laughs> but uh good, good old man, wolfie yeah. yeah yeah love you wolfie haven't, haven't seen you in a while man um <laughs> yeah miss that that raspy voice <laughs> yeah wolf wolf is everything there man wolf man yeah but uh yeah no i mean he 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 resists change but he will come along reluctantly you know i mean he 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 definitely uh he definitely uh wants to learn more about what's going on even though i think he's tattooing a little less and less these days which uh you know he's uh he's getting old like the rest of us yeah it's crazy it is uh it's wild like whenever we were still doing conventions, I guess in 2019 or whatever, seeing each year going to a convention and seeing people like get older and older. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I'm doing that too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, um, no, it, it, and it's crazy. Cause uh, I mean, the, like I said, I took a lot of time to reflect in this last year, you know, on, on, on different aspects of uh, life and business and, and, and my career and everything. And, and what I love and hate is that stupid Facebook reminder photos that pop up all the time or whatever. Mm -hmm. I started seeing these things come up, you know, pictures from eight, 10 years ago when my hair was, you know, well, it had some color, you know, and it's just like, and to me, I look back and I'm like, wow, that was a blink of an eye. And then, and all the old people say it to you all the time or whatever, you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Life moves fast and da, 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 da. But like the last decade has just blown by like, like astronomically. I just, uh, I don't know. And it's like, I, I've coming up, I got 29 years into business, Mike. I mean, that's, that's a long time. That's significantly long, more than half my life. I mean, yeah. I mean, I got, I got like 28 somewhere around there. It's like, yeah. the fuck. <laughs> we're, we're, we're catching up to Wolfie, man. Holy Jesus. Yeah. My voice is getting raspy. I'll never be as cool as him though. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, you were talking a minute ago, you were talking about marketing these artists and, uh, and everything. And then you know, all the money you spend on advertising. Um, I like to touch ah, base on that it, a little bit. It, what it is. What it do you what use these days? What works best for you these days? Where do you where do you spend your advertising dollar? Where do you see a return on that, man? Uh, Google, Yelp. You spend money in Google. That's I awesome. And most most individual artists or even shops, I don't think do that. You know, they might throw a little bit of money at some of the the social medias, but uh, Google, man, that's that's the big dog. You you want to win, man? Yeah. That's why all the people are coming to my shops. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's most it's mostly the work. Like you got to have the level of, of skill. You got to have the work, and then you got to get people to see it. Yeah. So if you can advertise all you want, but if you're going to point them at your work and it's not good enough, then it's not going to really matter that much. Um, but but yeah, people people that are not advertising are not putting effort into getting seen uh it's just uh okay that it's, a, it's a it's a long hard road oh know? no yeah well the the guys that still want to walk to work or ride their horse to work and and sit begrudgingly in their shop and not talk to other shops and stuff like this 
those people are luckily few and far between these days. Um, when I first had my shop, I used to, when I first opened my shop, on my days I was closed, I would jump in my car or my truck and drive around to other shops. And I don't know if I was just ignorant, but uh, just walk into other people's shops and introduce themselves, you know, just, just introduce myself, say, hey, I'm Mark, I tattoo three towns over and da 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 and I was just in a neighborhood and you know I want to meet some other artists and and I would do that and I had some doors slammed in my face and I was told get the fuck out more than a time or two you know back in the day but uh but I also built an awful lot of great relationships that way people that I you know I still know you know decades later and uh it just I don't know. Times are changing. I don't know. want to say I was way ahead of the times, but I, I think I was just a stupid young kid. And I didn't realize that, you know, there was a 50, 50 chance of me getting either punched or shot, you know, going into some of these places. But uh, I just wanted to know more about the business because I came up in an area where it was illegal. I couldn't hang at the shops. I couldn't meet the older artists. I, you know, uh, so, so when I got around an area where there was other tattooers, natural curiosity took over. You know, and that's just me. I want to know things. So, well, anyways, um, we're going on here quite a while here. Uh, there's one more topic. Uh, one more thing I, I haven't, you're going to be the first person I'm asking this to. Um, it's something I want to start, you know, uh, bringing into a lot of my conversations with people is I want to start asking other successful artists, what are one or two simple things that, one or two little tips that you would just tell somebody who's just starting out, you know, what, what, what are two things that stick out in your head? One or two as advice. Don't burn bridges. I think, I think the first thing that popped in my head was don't burn bridges, like treat people with respect um, and dignity, no matter how cool you think you are or how cool you think you aren't. Uh, a lot of times there's an insecurity aspect of, you know, thinking you're cool because you're really insecure, but we, we won't go there, but just treat everyone with respect and dignity um, and try not to burn bridges along the way because you may need those. Um, can come back to bite you pretty hard. Yeah. And also it's tattooing is, is really difficult. It's really hard on you. Um don't beat yourself up so much, you know, do the best that you can and, and, and grow with each tattoo and try not to lose too much sleep at night because I can tell you, you know, 28, 29 years in, I still sit in bed at night thinking about the tattoo that I did that day going, could I have made it better? Could I have done this? Could I have done that? And, uh, and that's, I think what inspires me to continue to grow and continue to, to take things to another level and, and push myself, because if I'm not pushing myself, if I'm not going forward, I'm going backwards mm -hmm. and, um, and constantly just trying to, you know, evolve as a person, as a tattooer, as an artist. I mean, and at those the end all of the day, have to be taken together collectively. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, there's a, there's a, a person, there's an artist and there's a tattooer and um, you need that, you need that balance in, in, in every aspect of that. 
I mean, I barely tattoo at all anymore, but when I was tattooing daily, I, I always just tell people, I don't think I've ever done a tattoo I was happy with. You know, I'm accepting of them. You know, I, I put my all into them every single time. And, and I had to get to the point, like you said, where I wouldn't beat myself up later in the day. But the, as long as the client's happy, that's everything right there. And all I can do is reflect upon it and apply a little more effort on the next one. And that's, that's, that's the most you can ask of yourself really without putting yeah. yourself into serious deep depression. <laughs> Cause there's yeah. no such thing as a perfect tattoo. I've never seen one. there. There's we're, we're not uh, you know, I, I, the hardest thing is if I have a client and I'm sitting there and they're like, I came to you because your tattoos are flawless. The line work is perfect. And I'm like, all right, let me let you know real quick. I am not a computer. I am not a printer. <laughs> Nothing is perfect. I can create the illusion, but it is not. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I'm and, just good uh, enough to hide my fuck ups where you can't see them. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, and uh, and I'm just I'm just a person, and you know the imperfection in this tattoo is is you know just the character. It's all and, part of it. It's all part of it. Awesome, Happy little man. mistakes. Happy little mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, I, I don't want to keep you too, too much longer. And uh, basically anything you want to touch on, man, I know you were pushing uh, a van raffle or something there or whatever. Is that uh, still moving forward or is that done? What's it's going on it's a, it's a, a giveaway of donations. People donated and do a, little drawing and i'm actually doing that drawing tomorrow um at eight and then whoever wins the drawing then i'm going to give them one of my classic uh boogie vans and uh and some tattoos and stuff that's all closed it's all done oh but man. um it's a sweet ass van too man thanks yeah it's it's pretty rad but my my driveway is starting to look like a used car lot <laughs> and uh i gotta <laughs> I gotta, I gotta move some things around. I'm trying, I'm trying to um, go minimal, minimalist. I'm trying to get rid of like most of everything I got versus like getting stuff. Um, I do want to um, give a shout out and tell people to check out Sorry Mom, which is my aftercare company that I, uh, I'm partners in. Um, half owner of sorry mom usa and i i want to encourage you guys to try it if you haven't um although i think a lot of people really have because sales have skyrocketed like quadrupled which is fucking amazing because it's uh amazing products but uh check us out it is i and, think we're uh, low and need to order some ourselves so well definitely let me know and we can uh we can get with you <laughs> there it is yeah um yeah. So we've got, we've got a few products. We got a process butter, which is a glide and we have a revolutionary tattoo film, which you guys all know the, the different derm films and stuff, but this one is actually the only 100% clear film. So you can see through it whenever you're, Hey, that's my, that's me and my hands. Um, and that's my business partner, Rasmus right below it from Denmark. Nice. Shout out to Rasmus. Rasmus is super awesome. He's such a great guy. And uh, yeah, so I guess that's it. Uh, Mark, I really appreciate you having me on. Um, All right, man. I got to get you to do the whole like, share, and subscribe 
sales pitch to the folks for the channel. Okay. If you would. Yeah. Um, uh, guys, uh, <laughs> if, if you like this video or whatever, uh, <laughs> like, share, subscribe. Um, so people can come back and check it out, I guess. I don't know. Is that what you wanted? I'm not real yeah, good yeah. at this. Yeah. I mean, this, um, this, this thing is locked in and it'll be out there forever and a day for people to go back through and look at and whatnot. And, you know, we may do it again in the future. Maybe we'll, uh, do something live at a show together or whatever or something, you know, might not cool. be a, maybe may not be a two hour adventure like this, but, uh, uh, hopefully this is just the beginning because I love these chats with old friends and uh, and that's all it is. It's you and me just shooting the shit, you know. We'll throw a little sales pitch in at the end because we both have products we we need to sell to uh, to maintain our our, our, our lifestyles. But uh, for the most part, man, I just want people to know we're real. You know, you're real. It, they don't get much more real than Mike Chambers, really. I mean, you are you know, talented, successful, humble, you've, you've been through hell, you've hit the best of times, the worst of times, uh, you're human like the rest of us, man. And that's what people need to understand. So love you, brother. I'm so glad you took the time out of your day. I hope I didn't hold you up too long, but uh, wish you nothing but the best. And I, I hope to see you soon. All right, brother. I love you too, man. Thank you. Hey, that was fun. That was the time when